everybody, and welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode 91. I guess it's technically After Dark, because we're recording in the morning uh, this time, uh, trying to... It's been a busy week, uh, you know, a lot going on at GameSpot, but we're still here to make time for all of you and the podcast. I am your host, John Luksepke. Uh I'm sorry to say once again that Tim <laughs> and Lucy... We're not able <laughs> to I thought you say it. sorry for being the host again. Well, that too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're great. Oh, thank you. Uh, but uh, it's okay that I'm here because I'm also joined by a wonderful guest to, to help make this podcast excellent. Once again, I'm joined by Michael Heim. What it do, baby? Returning is Ben Janka. Is this the first time we've gone after dark on the opposite side? I think like from because it's the morning. Is th- this the earliest it's been? I think so. I think so. I oh, mean, no. After dark. What happens after dark? It's morning time. So, it's morning. I mean, <laughs> this is. I can't believe we full circled it to a morning show. Also, hi. <laughs> and for the very first time, uh, Evan Langer. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, any of you ha- who have listened to our spoiler cast for our Persona. Uh, episodes uh might be familiar with evan big persona boy this is true yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the rumors are true yes. as it turns out yeah he had some hesitation there he's like wait am i, I am? am i do uh, i, I, like I thought i hated persona no persona sucks morgana <laughs> get out of here wow 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 evan evan is a, a lovely person and i'm glad to have him here uh and i i miss working with him and i miss seeing him in real life um so uh, yeah, that's that's my testimonial of Evan. So everyone could trust. trust <laughs> my review of Evan Langer is mm-hmm. like a nine point five out of ten. Oh shit! We're what bringing, do I do to lose the other point five? The point fives. Uh, I mean, you know, what I'm saying like, uh, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, what I'm saying like, you know. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got you. I got you totally. What, what, you know, like graphics, like you know, that's like a nine, and then like audio. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Viewers no. tilt. You know, reviewers till I give a ten. The sound I give a ten. <laughs> Graphics are probably a nine. Okay, so. I'll live with that. No, I'm okay. good with that. I'm good with that. We can sell a lot of copies with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's Evan, since it's your first time on, we're gonna be doing the uh, Dayton. Uh, oh, oh boy, it's morning. Uh, the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Cue the music. Chris. Chris. And there we go. All right, Evan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do here at GameSpot, and some of your favorite games. Well, hello again. Uh, my name is Evan Langer. I'm a video producer here at GameSpot. Um, I started as a video intern almost two years ago in June 2019. Uh, I've been here ever since. In terms of what I do, I mean, there's a ton of stuff over the years. Uh, I do a lot of like the Nintendo stuff for video, preview, review features, Done a lot of stuff with uh, my boy Kurt, um, which I love working with. Uh, did True Fiction when we did Save State, the news show. I was the editor for Generation Next. Uh, I used to live switch the podcast when we did that in the office. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other things, uh, but I won't waste more people's time. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Um, what I like playing, I guess I kind of already said it, but Nintendo, uh, Nintendo first party games. Uh, the first system I ever owned was a Nintendo GameCube. And the first game I ever owned was The Wind Waker. And I'm pretty sure my life trajectory has been uh, set at that point. Um, So, yeah, usually whenever there's like a Nintendo first party game, I'll check it out. Um, As we said at the top of the podcast, uh, Persona. I do love Persona a lot. Persona 5 Royal is my second favorite game of all time behind Wind Waker. Um, Recently got into Yakuza thanks to the three people on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know the fives. He's Uh, he's a young crime boy over here. Yeah, I'm still new to it. But uh, over the course of quarantine, I played through Yakuza 0 through 7 in Judgment. All very, very fantastic. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I also like Sony's first party stuff. Most people call it playing a movie. I like the fact that you're playing a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything more I should say? Um, I just want to say that Evan has done everything. And he's done everything well. And it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, that, that, that's my boy. That's my second testimonial. Right there. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Because you were talking about, oh, like, true true fiction and, like, like actual, like, production, like, stage production or, like, shit like that. And I'm like, oh, damn, I almost forgot that that's how far you go back because Evan's a young boy. You're like, what, you're, like, 22, 23? And I'm like, you've done it all already. So, oh, thank damn. you. Thank you. Uh, this well, is the star. You can thank specifically the founder and former host of this podcast, Jake Decker, who took a chance on me and gave me a ton of opportunities. So forever thankful to that man for putting me in the position I am today. So, yeah. Shout out to Jake. All righty. Well, why don't we just move right on to what we've been playing? Um, I guess I'll start just because uh, I don't have too much to say. Um, I've been playing more Returnal. That's the hot game this week. Is the hot game this week. Uh, Our review is up. You can go check it out. It's from uh, Mike Epstein, who gave it a yep. 9 out of 10. You should go That's read that sharp, review. Yeah, sharp review as well. Mm-hmm. I help edit it, but uh, yeah, that fool was spitting. Oh, yeah. And uh, you should also go check out the video review, which I edited. Uh, and I thought, I think it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say outside of what I said last week, other than, damn, that game's still real, real good. Uh, it looks great. It sounds great. Uh, I hope I hope everyone gets a chance uh, to check it out. You know, I'm 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 a little worried. I'm a worried it's gonna get passed by because it's a uh, it's PS5 only. It's it's coming out. You know, right before Resident Evil Village, before Mass Effect. Uh, you know, all these other games are coming out. Um, it's seventy bucks. Seventy bucks, which uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm not one to to debate. Uh, you know, game game value versus cost. I do think it, it's you know it's a fantastic game. Like if it's the game interests you, it's it's worth the money. But mm-hmm. that is not an uh, insubstantial chunk of change. So I, I absolutely understand if people are hesitant to check something out, especially a a new IP like that. But if it, if it does interest you and you have a PS5, I really do think it's worth uh, checking out either now or down the road. Maybe when it goes on sale, if you're you know not sure at the moment or you already got your money uh, devoted to other games, because it, it really I do think it's it's something special. Like Housemark is just uh, absolutely knocked out of the park with it. Like it, it it feels fucking fantastic. It looks great. This is the kind of game you want to put headphones on. You want to get that that Tempest 3D audio going um the the dual Ooh. sense like it, it, it's a good showcase of the ps5 i would say oh, okay. um it, which i think maybe like that that's kind of my hope is that i, I think i think people with ps5s are maybe had they've been itching for like a, a good next gen uh next gen game to really show off what their their systems can do and, and this is definitely definitely one of those games so um yeah if if that uh that roguelike uh structure like interests you if you're into sort of like creepy alien mystery kind of you know like it, it, it's got it's got that deep lore uh phil hornshaw who's um game spots like lore boy he lo- he loves <laughs> yeah. he loves spitting about like destiny lore all the time and he's yeah. he was like dude like you gotta beat i gotta talk to you about the lore in this game and i was like oh shit okay all right so yeah. uh phil Lorshaw. <laughs> phil Lorshaw, yeah <laughs> that fool that fool be putting out 10 page things for edit he's like hey, a quick edit on this destiny lore thing i open it up i'm like this motherfucking sp- oh my god and like i don't understand shit but you know what it's well put 
So that's you can trust Phil on uh, on your returnal lore. You can. That's what you happens can. when you you read hella books. You you get all the lore. Yeah, he's a wild sci-fi nerd as well. He is. He is. Um. So yeah, he he also has been playing it and, and loves it. Um. So yeah, I I, I really can't recommend it enough. Sick. Yeah, y'all y'all were trying to convince me uh, last night, mm-hmm. uh, or you specifically, trying to convince me. And I I think like I want I don't know. I, I talked about how like I don't know. I uh, I want some I want some shit. I want I want I want a game where I can blow shit up. But <laughs> I need I need it need it needs to be it needs to be cerebral on some level. Because then like I was talking about how I would play Call of Duty to like blow shit up, but then. It's like I don't really have to think about Call of Duty because I'm that good at that game where I don't have to really think about what I'm what I'm doing. I just natural reactions, boy. You know the vibes. Mm-hmm. But once once my mind is turned off, then my mind starts starts wandering. I start thinking about other things, and I can't have that <laughs> when I'm playing game. Game needs to <laughs> needs to like grab my full attention. But it seems like Returnal is uh, challenging in a way that it is very it is very mental in uh, in some in. A big way i guess yeah absolutely and, and like i said like y- you put on like the headphones and like the, the sound design is just like you're you're in it you are you're in that game and i mean when when that combat gets going you have to pay attention because yeah. it is like wild like it, it, there, there are you get to these like really big combat arenas where um there's been so many times that i've died just because i'm like focusing on like the 10 enemies in front of me but then there's like this guy like teleport and he just comes in right from behind and gets me so like you you have to be uh just like constantly paying attention to your to your surroundings and and kind of like uh you know on the move like if you sit still for like even a moment you will die so uh if you're looking for a game that is just is just demanding your attention at all times when it comes to like the combat like returnal sketch covered Ooh. Uh, all right, then why don't we move on to Michael? What have you been doing this oh, week? Oh shit! Um, so I uh, poured my heart out about Near Replicant last week, and that's all I fucking think about is <laughs> Near Replicant. That game fucked me up. Uh, I've, I've said as much uh, last week, but um, it's it's almost the same feeling that I got. I talked about this last night when we were just chilling. Is that w- back in 2017 when I play, when I finished Persona Five? Like I was. I was in a mood where like, I couldn't play anything else because my mind is like preoccupied with trying to just trying to process the Persona Five experience, and so I played I played near uh, Automata in um, in twenty seventeen, but I couldn't play it right after. I tried playing it right after Persona Five, and I was like, I can't. I'm not. I'm not thinking about. I'm not thinking about this game hard enough in this moment. So I'm gonna put this off and I'll play it later. And I eventually played near Automata. Uh, later that year and it, be, it was my second favorite game of 2017 um, but right now i'm in that mood where i've finished near replicant and like i can't play anything else because that's the thing i'm thinking about and if i try playing another game i'm still thinking about near replicant it's like um yeah uh <laughs> so so the, the closest thing so this is what i did in in 2017 after persona 5 i played persona 4 golden and that was the only game this is the only game that would that can capture my attention in this moment so i feel like it's the same thing so i'm replaying near automata yeah uh right now and it's uh it's fucking wild i think i may have talked a little bit about this on the last episode but uh noticing a lot of a lot of things I didn't notice before about uh, Automata that that are connections to Near Replicant. Like you go to the desert in Automata, and the the machines in the desert are wearing 
the masks and wearing the capes and they have the face paint of the people of facade mm -hmm. uh, which is the desert area in your replicant and there's also a side quest in there <laughs> that is where the machines are exactly replicating the the culture and uh, the practices of facade so if you play in your replicate you know that the that the people of facade have a they're, they're governed by rules and they have like hundreds of thousands of rules and it's kind of it's kind of a parody about you know overburdens of laws and rules and regulations in a society and all this other shit uh, but the machines are are imitating that in, in a way that's like that's a direct connection I'm like holy shit like I did I wouldn't you would never know about that connection if you hadn't played replicant uh, so I'm expecting a lot more things like that but just straight off the bat I think so I haven't I think about I think about Nier a lot. Uh, I have since I played Automata in 2017, but I think that now I have a much I have a lot more life experience. I have a different level of emotional maturity, and I pay attention. I'm paying closer attention to smaller things now because back when I played in 2017, it was okay. I'm gonna finish this game in a span of four or five days for game of the year. Oh shit, this mm. game is like one of my favorites uh, in recent memory. Uh, but in doing so, you kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit and like the finer details kind of um, you, you're likely to miss the finer details, especially if it's your first experience in a particular franchise. Um, so this time around, I'm I'm picking up everything. I'm taking it slow. I'm doing a much many more many more side quests. I'm talking to all the NPCs. I'm not trying to rush through the game um, like I did a, a decent chunk of side quests back then. But now it's kind of like I'm. I'm taking my time because I want to, and the finer details matter a lot more to me. So, um, yeah, that, that's it's been a really weird experience uh, in that regard. But it's it's the only thing that I can do. Like that's the only thing that's gonna that's gonna fulfill me in this moment. And so, yeah, and I've listened to the soundtrack so so much. So now I'm hearing those songs play again now, and it's like, ah, oh, it's this <laughs> motherfucking song. Like, let's go. Oh my god, it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's something uh, to replay that game in a, in a very very different context. Uh, I think that, um, like I said before, like Near Replicant is is kind of this this tentpole game for me, where like I can ex like I understand myself a little bit better after having played that game, and then so with that mentality in mind, I think that I have I have a different, if not better, understanding of what Automata is trying to say or at least how that game makes me feel uh it's a lot more complex in in that regard uh so before it was like yo sad sexy robots oh damn this is this this shit's sad kind of philosophical uh but i feel like yeah it's sad sexy robots but it's a lot more personal uh, i i feel like this experience is very it's a very personal experience um so yeah that's that's what i've been up to and that's what i'm gonna continue to do uh, cause damn, that's just like, yo, men will literally not go to therapy and instead play sad video games. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. Sometimes sad video games are, are better than therapy. I mean, okay. you know, but I'm not, not, not going to get therapy. It's just, you know, that's just low key expensive. Yeah. So, you know, you know what I'm Yoko Taro is my therapist. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking no. of that, speaking of that, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think that a little, probably a little bit after this podcast goes up, I'll have my interview. I've recently interviewed Yoko Taro for his his press rounds for Near Replicant. 
this fool this fool pulls up to the zoom meeting and it's like square enix it's uh like the translator the square enix pr from us and japan and this fool pulls up and his zoom avatar is kermit the frog <laughs> like an animated yeah. an animated kermit the frog that animates when he's talking and like his, his head movement so like i can tell he's like gesturing and moving around as i see the kermit the frog neck like stretch <laughs> and his mouth open and i'm asking questions like yo you gotta tell me about kaine Tell me about a meal. Tell me about like your design philosophies and all this. Like you make it sad video games. Like what does that say about you? And I'm looking at this goddamn Kermit the Frog avatar. <laughs> Tell me about human existentialism. And I think it's like the funniest shit because that is so on brand for him. I, say, I feel you... like that it has to be that way. That that's the most. It's the only way. Canon way it could play out. Yeah, it's like he's not gonna wear the Emil helmet on on a Zoom call. <laughs> so. No. What's the next best thing? The next best thing, Kermit the Frog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just like, yo, this this fool, goddamn. Dude, that's one of my favorite memories of uh, GameSpot with you is is when we got to uh, do the Yoko Taro interview for yeah, the uh, let's play. Yeah, yeah. We like did a little let's play and and then like we were very professional. We were like, okay, we're gonna be very professional about it. And then like after it was over, we were both like. Oh, could you send our copies? Like, we just yeah. immediately, like, switched to, like, fanboy, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, can we get a photo? And, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so funny. I remember that exactly because, we, yeah, we brought our copies of the game <laughs> to, to have them signed. And the funniest shit, too, with that was, like, he, he, he went on a lot about why he, like, doesn't like making public appearances. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he, he said as much in, like, past interviews, but he kind of reiterated a lot of that. Um when I talked to him, uh, but yeah, in in that let's play, if y'all watch it, it's like he he's he's like present in on camera during the during the intro, wearing the mule helmet, but he can't wear it like the entire time. So what ended up happening is Taki Satara from Platinum, who is is uh who is also on the let's play, would anytime and then Yokotaro was off camera speaking yeah. into a microphone. And then uh, Tadasan would just like move the move the Emil helmet yeah. when uh, when uh, Yoko Taro was talking, and I thought it was like the cutest shit ever. Like, oh god, I love it. And the thing is, like that let's play, I was like wild nervous because I was still new to hosting. Like, yeah, I, had, I was really new at that point. I had only been doing uh, scripted things, and I'd been on like a couple episodes of the of the lobby at that point, but I'd never done like here is a well, it was live to tape, but here's like a. You are doing a let's play with a big name developer. Two of them actually. You're on your own. Have fun. And uh like shouts out to Mike Mahardy for uh the boy, uh Mike Mahardy for like letting me t- take up that opportunity because he was like I think you would be uh, better to do this uh, and I'm like, yeah, shit, say less, man, but that was that was a huge learning experience and I'm really really thankful that I got to do that even though you could tell like this, this like oh, he's he's feeling it. He's feeling it. Um <laughs> But yeah, y'all should peep that. Uh, I still think about that to this day. That was one of the coolest things I've been able to do. So yeah, um, near man, y'all should y'all should play that. And uh, I yeah. uh, I have not played any near. Um, I apologize. But should I start with Automata or should I start with Replicant? Now the Replicant's a thing because it came first in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's I've been getting that question a lot uh, through folks on Twitter, which is which is a really good question. I hadn't really thought about it until. Uh, recently so what i'll say is that i think near automata is the better it will have leave first timers with the better impression uh, especially gameplay wise so 
and also it's on Game Pass, and you could probably cop it for about like thirty bucks, maybe. So it's it's a uh, it's cheaper mm. as well. So I would, in that regard, I would recommend Near Automata. But I think that Repli- like it, it also depends on what you're looking for, because I think Replicant is such a it's a stronger emotional. This, this is this is a high bar too, because Near Automata is a strong emotional hook too. But it, it takes time to get there, whereas Near Replicant will grab you story wise and emotionally, like like off the rip like it, it's very you'll get to those you'll feel that a lot sooner um because the thing about near automata is that it builds towards that and like kind of leaves that bre- breadcrumb trail to then hit you towards the end whereas near replicants like here are the characters here's who they are here is their personality straight up and then now this this band of misfits is fucking shit up so i think that uh so i would recommend near replicant if that's more of your vibe or if that's more of what you're looking for um i would also recommend replicant first if you're already set on playing both because the connections that you will make are or the yeah going from replicant to automata i think that there's uh you'll get more you'll get a little bit more out of it and that like the references uh especially so uh, i would go 50 50 but i don't know i would maybe try automata first and see if your vibe with it you Probably will, um, but yeah, replicant is uh, one th- or what you would, what I would, what I did, or what I would recommend people play automata because it's a better impression. Then play replicant, then replay automata, and then start to make those connections. Uh, See, so play that shit three times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Including all the other playthroughs yeah, that then, you got to do. Then you go hit up all three dragon guards because you're in too deep and there's yeah. no hope yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm you gonna. Uh, I'm gonna I'm a let's. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a let's play stream of dragon guard three. Get a PS3 oh, play man. Gestalt. Got a daddy yeah. near. Did you see that? I, I miss a flipping coffee dad's voice. Uh, <sighs> Sojiro. Sojiro man. Sakura. Yeah. yeah. I uh, do too. I mean, uh, also miss his attitude. Uh, uh, looking back at some of the, the line differences. Yeah. Uh, it's it's bigger than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if y'all are familiar, like I mean, maybe we talk about this a little bit uh, already, but the original Nier had a f- the father main character and he's voiced by uh, Jameson Price, who's Sojiro Sakura. But also, uh, it's a very it's a very different vibe because like Brother Nier is like your um, he's like your uh, kind of shy ish boy, your anime boy, your shy anime boy, and then he eventually grows up into being your your um, your anime boy with an attitude. Uh, but then with Daddy Nier, he's just like straight up like an old tired dad who yeah. doesn't have time for anyone's bullshit but he does ends up being like he has like the heart of gold sort of thing where he's like ah i'm tired of this bullshit but i'll help you anyway uh and he has some really really good lines and delivered extremely well i think he fits into the mold like really really well in terms of like the group dynamic because they're all they're also they're also different and like i think dad daddy near stands out more within the group whereas i feel like brother near is more of a, like an avatar for you to project yourself mm. whereas father near is his own character in many ways i, um, I remember that being such a like a, a big point for like critics at the time when that game came out like people were like like who weren't like huge anime fans or maybe were like a little tired of certain anime tropes were like really liked like daddy near as like a character because he felt like so fresh and different and i think there's like one reviewer in particular who was like talking about like just like yeah, like I love that. Like, there isn't some like spiky-haired, whiny emo boy as the protagonist <laughs> in this game, and everyone in the comments was just like, "Well, actually, I mean, yeah." <laughs> I 
I'm because I, I've I've only I'm still working my way through Replicant right now, and I I I can see some points from when I played the original Nier that could be different because of being uh, not dead Nier, and I'm excited to see that stuff. But man, uh, speaking of voice actors, because I, 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 I played it so long ago when I was dumb and never like registered <laughs> stuff. Whenever I hear Grimoire, Grimoire Weiss talk, I can't not hear uh, Illidan Stormrage or Akihiko anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's really messed me up. Or uh, uh, Asura. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the voice actors are wild. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, <laughs> my God. The performance, like, Neo Replicant, I, like, when I li- look back and listen to the banter between them, when you when you have the full group, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, this is... Near sound like the it sounds so natural, and everyone is like an extreme version of whatever character they are. Like Kaine is fucking off the rails. Grimmar Vice is sassy as shit, and Emil is just like the most wholesome boy. So they're 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 on the ends of their own spectrums so much so that they that they're just like it's like no other game. I don't think many other games have like this sort of group dynamic where everyone is like so vastly different but works so well together and. Shouts out to shouts out to the voice actors who re, like they redid their lines and like the original one is still extremely good, but redoing it has that that, that extra edge uh, that you that you want out yeah, of it. Yeah, so. it, it's because I, I got to compare a little bit in the in the um, uh, graphics comparison that we did, yeah. and uh, th- there are definitely some cases where like when when they redo lines, you could tell like either like their their heart's not in it or they maybe like forgot how to like do that character and like it doesn't quite have the same punch sometimes but not the case in this like it felt like yeah. it felt like okay these these voice actors like still know like how to deliver these characters which yeah like, like you said it's just a testament to them ben i feel you on the the persona thing i'm i'm that guy who like because like persona is like all um uh, just like a lot of very prominent voice actors who do a lot of like JRPGs and anime, but because Persona is like one of like the the like formative games for me, I just like compare all those voices <laughs> to those. I'm that guy who's like, this is a lot like Persona. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, all right, Kaine, like that's just Rise, like Remar Vice is just Akihiko, uh, Boy Near, that's just um, Yosuke. Like I'm just, <laughs> I can only hear Persona characters. <laughs> Please help me. Uh, I'm the exact wow. same way with Persona 5 characters. I'm like, yeah, like, oh, that's uh, that's On, and that's Ryuji, and that's Sojiro. Same thing. Oh, there's, there's like Morgana <laughs> I heard recently in a game. Oh, I forget what it was, but I remember just being like, is that Morgana? Is that Morgana Cassandra in this game? Cassandra Lee Morris. I love Cassandra Lee Morris so much. She's one of my favorite. My top three voice actors are Laura Bailey, um, Cassandra Lee Morris, and Aaron Fitzgerald. Yeah. Those, those, that's, that's those those that's my top three and uh was. so cassandra lee morris is operator 60 in near automata and operator 60 is so oh adorable. shit oh i didn't even think of that <laughs> like operator 60 is the, the the wildly emotional one who's mm-hmm. all up in 2b's ear about about her crying about her life or whatever and it's yeah, it's uh she's great and that aspect of near automata also fucked me up it's like because now I, I I know the story, so a lot of the a lot of the aspects, like the emotional aspects of like the androids and robots stuff, it's just 
it's it's unsettling in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, shouts out to shouts out to voice actors. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Bug Snacks. Yeah. She was in Bug Snacks. Oh, oh there you yeah. go. It's one of the Bug Snacks. I was just like, that's just that's Morgana. That's Morgana. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's yeah. a the girl who works at Survive Bar with uh, Solid Snake. Uh, that's also Cassandra Lee Morris. And that took me forever. Oh, I was like, what? I know this voice. I was like, I know this voice. And then I was like, Oh, I, okay, that's Morgana. I get it. Oh, if you would uh, play the English version of Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, the, the Seven, the English dub of Like yeah. a Like a Dragon. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Speaking of voice actors, I think the last thing I'll say is I also been watching Yasuke, which is the new Netflix anime. Um, about the the historical uh, black samurai uh, from I think like 16th century. Oh. It's um, that just came out. I just I just started watching it uh, this morning. Um, so yeah, it's uh, directed by and produced and made by Lashawn Thomas. And the main voice, the main I've been watching. Oh, yeah, I've been watching the English dub because it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I think that the there was a lot of effort put into the English voicing, but also because Lashawn Thomas, uh, American. Um, so also from from the Bronx BX all day. Ah, ah, ah. oh shit, I actually hit my mic. But um, yeah, it's uh, I'm still getting into it. Still early on. I'll probably have more things to say about it later. But it is it's fascinating because Lakeith Stanfield, who y- y'all may know from uh, from uh, was uh, what's that one movie he did that was really weird with the horses and shit. Ah, uh, kind of low key spoiling. Oh, a bit. Um, sorry, um, sorry to bother. Sorry you. to bother you. Yeah, sorry yeah. to bother you. And he was also in uh, Judas uh, and the Black Messiah as well as many other things too but Lakeith Stanfield is incredible uh he embodies his character extremely extremely well and I'm excited to see where it goes but uh yeah I still only spend more time with it uh it's also it's uh animated by uh Mappa too so. oh there you go I like yeah, those guys so, and, oh and the soundtrack by Flying Lotus y'all fly low oh my god he incorporates like a lot of uh traditional Japanese instrumentals but if you know fly low uh Flylo does a lot of uh, like ethereal trip hop, um, and it's it's such a unique thing. I'm excited to to watch this through. But yeah. All right, Ben, keep that anime train going. Oh, uh, I guess I was also playing near in between doing a whole bunch of other stuff, so I can kind of just bounce off of that a little bit and be like, yeah, near's really good. Uh, I'm excited because I never really got around to finishing the game originally, so this is my kind of chance to to get back in there and do it again but uh really liking it it's still got music that makes me feel emotions it's still got characters that make me feel emotions and i still remember how to do the fishing quests and that's what matters uh because i've been for like the last two nights that i've been playing it i've just been like just i'll just knock the fishing quests out i'm in the village i could just go and grab the stuff and like do it really quick it's never real quick and i never get back to the story i just keep fishing how far are you um not as far as i need to be okay all right. <laughs> uh, I, I i haven't caught up to where i left off i'll leave it at that okay um but i'll, I'll get there because uh i'm also playing at the same time speaking of fishing uh final fantasy 15 i started it up mm. and I'm, I'm i'm in there and i'm doing that i'm on that sweet sweet car ride with my my boys We've got our Coleman camping equipment in the back of our car. And yeah, your cup, your cup noodles on deck. Yeah, for the cup noodles. Uh, Ignis is making pizza every night because it gives me like a, a 300% stamina boost. I'm into that. Yep. Um, but that game is... Oh, excuse me. It's a, it's a nice kind of relaxed game. Like, I don't... 
I, I kind of kick back every time I play it. I don't, I don't feel like I, like every other Final Fantasy game I've played, I've been kind of like forward and engaged in it the whole time. Like seven, I'm, I'm, I was moving through and I was, I was on the edge of my seat during the fights. And even with like 12, even though it was, you auto program everything in that, I was still kind of like, you know, doing whatever. This is <coughs> between like the, just riding in the car to go places while you're listening to old Final Fantasy music. It's real kind of laid back time. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of appreciate that. Cause like in between doing like video stuff, I can just be playing the game. I'll be like, Oh, I need to go back down to like turn in this quest I've done. Cause I, I, again, I keep getting sidetracked by side stuff in games I'm playing. Cause I'm just doing fishing and hunting and that all the time. But, uh, <coughs> I'll just set the car to go where I need to go. And then I'll turn around and do work. And then I hear them all be like, ah, we've made it. And I can just get back into playing whenever. It's neat. Um, I don't think I'm far enough in it to kind of like say much about the story, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm still excited to get to the cool stuff that happens in it. <laughs> I want to fight Garuda in fi- for the Final Fantasy 14 version. I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, and a cat girl shows up out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, can't why can't cat girls just be real? Is it too early to be talking about cat girls? It's never too early. I'm never not going to tell you it's too early. After dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, I like that game. I'm excited to play more when I have time and I'm not playing another thing. But the thing that I've been dumping most of my time into is, is Ziv, because, of course, it's always Ziv. <laughs> uh, and I can't stop playing it. Uh, though, it's not, like, big new stuff, though. It's just me still continuing to do, like, we're on the last Savage version of the the main raid set. Ooh, you're on E12 now? Yeah. Uh, that Hell fights yeah. so much more uh, in the Savage version than it is in the regular version, and I kind of really love it. That's yeah. how it always goes, but there's a whole other phase that adds story stuff, and it kind of makes me think about how I wish kind of that they didn't put extra story stuff in the hard versions of the the raids mm-hmm. like that's what, what can you can you hint at what what that is because I'm, uh, I'm curious and you, i don't think i'm gonna i'm not i'm savage. not gonna say who it is but you literally fight an entirely different boss oh shit uh like you do the the regular fight up to a point and then big character comes down and then you fight them ultimicia there you go uh thancred prime oh flip it i love the the flip it the the savage version of the the thankred fight. fight yeah it's, it's just it's chaotic all over the place all over time and there's no downtime in between stuff but anyway i probably shouldn't talk too much about about raid things because there are a lot of people who probably are just like this is dumb what are you doing but uh yeah <laughs> uh, i love your it. passion i just i've never played the game so i have no idea <laughs> yeah you're like thankred what is this what are i you love it about? keep going um but outside of that, uh, I've actually taken it upon myself to embrace the PvP uh, in Ziv, which is not something normal people do. It's not. Oh. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> uh, coming from like Warcraft or any other game with PvP, it's 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 interesting. It's not like unplayable, but it's it's not the best. But there's a really cool set of armor that I can get if I continue doing like ranked arena stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I get to be in the top 100 <coughs> on the data center, I win it. So 
I'm going to be beating people up until the end of whatever part of the season we're in and hope that I get that armor because it looks neat. Damn. I touched PvP once and I was like, because I wanted to get like uh, extra tombstones. Yeah. Because it's the only thing left that, that gave me like hella tombstones and before to upgrade like before the reset. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? They... I was just running around <laughs> and people were like, hey, you're supposed to be at point D. I'm like, point D's nuts. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> they, they went this weird route where they're like, let's not do like capture the flag or a game mode that inherently makes sense when you step like into wherever you're at. Let's do a giant 50 v 50 v 50 where you have to randomly grab points that are worth random amounts of points. And also when you kill people, you steal points from them. But also if you don't die when you're killing people, it makes you stronger. There's a lot going on. And you have a different, you have a different, um, action you have a different move set also yeah. in pvp you do a, like, lot of, oh, fuck. a lot of cool things with that layout like i love that your combo attacks are all on one button it just moves one to the next the next, the next. oh yeah yeah but uh, uh pvp is is fun with friends i think uh we, we used to bring like a whole group of like eight people in at one point and just kind of be like let's run it and try to win stuff because there are a lot of cool rewards in it but mm-hmm. yeah so i've just been doing doing a lot of raid stuff doing a lot of pvp stuff uh running the near raids because you have to run all of them again to upgrade your gear and that's where i've been at with that sick play ziv it's a good game final fantasy 14 not not civilization you can play civ too but definitely play final fantasy 14 <laughs> yeah all right moving on to evan uh you've been playing another big game that uh is out this week yeah, yeah, I've been playing the other hot new game, uh, Snap Pokemon New, um, where you photograph that <laughs> Pikachu character. Um, Why did you type it like that in the sheet? Because <laughs> it's backwards. Snap Pokemon New, new Pokemon Snap. I thought this oh, was going to be no. a judgment All joke. Right. I was ready for the judgment joke. <laughs> no, I'll get judgment next. But uh, yeah, so before I say anything, you should read our review on GameSpot.com by Janae. It's very, very good. Very good. Uh, she gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, she took the approach... That like she played the original when she was a kid coming back to it um full disclosure from my point of view i only played the original for the first time like a month ago in preparation for coverage of new pokemon snap i'll be completely honest i was rather disappointed by this game i felt it was a little too rooted in the original pokemon snap it tried too hard to kind of mimic what that game was and for a game that came out 22 years later on much more powerful hardware i felt they could have done a lot more with it um the story in that game is like paper thin and it does not conclude in any meaningful way. The whole game is presented like a uh, visual novel style with like two characters kind of standing there in front of text boxes and they do this, novel. but it's like, I feel like it's Pokemon. It's one of the biggest franchises in the world. They couldn't do more than just like the same four animations over and over again in front of a text box. Um, there are some animated cutscenes. They're very few and far between, and there is some voice acting, but it only happens sometimes, not all uh, the time. Hold on, I'm gonna interrupt you. This is a very important question. I need you to answer it, please. Does Professor Oak still say "wonderful" whenever you do a really good picture? Professor Oak's not in this game. It's a new professor. Does the professor say "wonderful"? I need to hear someone say "wonderful" in a really weird voice. No, he's. I mean, he does have like little quip. He doesn't say "wonderful," but he says little quips, just like okay. "great job." And like great job like is good but it'll never top the the weird like wonderful yeah it's not that that voice has a very distinctness to it it's which true. i also love but this guy's more i guess just regular he's not really that interesting in any way dang 
Uh, I know it's very unfortunate, but uh, yeah, they all have like, like there's this character Rita and she's like the typical like, hee hee, like, yay. Um, and that's all she does. It's rather annoying after a while, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the, the gameplay loop is just to take the photos. And I think the best way to summarize it is that if you looked at the trailers and you saw that gameplay and you were immediately sold, like, yeah, you'll like this game. But if you looked at it and you're like, well, that looks interesting, but I want to wait and see if there's more like, no, there's nothing more. There's that's it. And I, I honestly found the gameplay loop pretty not fun after a while. Uh, it's the same courses over and over. And I made a video about this, which you I don't know if it's up yet, but uh, it will be up soon whenever this podcast will think goes up Friday morning. But the game is also very, very cryptic. The game does not do a very good job of telling you what to do to progress in the game. You'll like beat a level and then you'll just get like shot back to the menu. And there are certain things that you need to do to progress the game. It doesn't tell you about, but then there are other things added later. It's really confusing. And I found myself, because, you know, I played it before release, stuck so many times. And I was just like, what are you expecting me to do? Even in, like, the original Pokemon Snap, when you finished a level, like, Professor Oak would give you a little thing, being like, if you get this many points, something cool will happen. Or, oh, if you hit this switch to unlock an extra path, something cool will happen. This game doesn't do that. It's very, very cryptic. And it adds all these different things over the course of the game you wouldn't know what to do with. And I know Janae had the same experience, because we spoke about it. Um, but yeah, I, if you love the original, I guess, and you want more of that, that's cool. But I mean, honestly, this is going to sound harsh, but like this could have been a GameCube game. Like it could have been Pokemon Snap 2 on the GameCube. They didn't do a whole lot with it um, to make it take advantage of the Switch hardware. It's still on rails. It's still like very preset levels with preset characters. And because all the characters are visual novel, not animated most of the time, it's like, you know, you could do 3D models on the GameCube. So yeah, I was rather disappointed by it. So that's kind of my take on it can i you, still, no, you'll know if you want it is, is really where where it is can i still go to my local blockbuster and print out photos <laughs> no <laughs> unfortunately but Damn. you can buy they're making that instastax printer i forget the name of it but they're making like they're making like it compatible with the switch so you can print your photos from oh, your pokemon snap oh yeah Shit. you're right okay that's actually kind of cool uh yeah i'm i'm actually i'm still interested because uh i think there's just something about the like relaxing nature of the original Pokemon Snap that I want like listening to uh and reading Janae's review it's it just like the the vibes of just like I'm just gonna take some cool photos of Pokemon I'm like yeah I want to do that I just want to hang out for an afternoon and take cool shots of Pikachu and today you know. I'm gonna get Pikachu on the surfboard again it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I remember as a kid like you know because because I, I didn't own an N64 but I like over to a friend's house and play and like just like trying to like figure things out of like you know like oh i heard if you throw this into like the you know if you if you lead the charmander over to like the volcano he'll turn into like charizard and he'll like you know come out and stuff and like i just remember like cool shit like that like you know uh like just sparking my like imagination and, and like wanting to like poke at it and find all like the cool little things and and even though it's maybe hasn't evolved or like done anything new like you said like uh if, if it still captures that vibe i think that'll be enough for me um, yeah that I, sh I should say like yes like the actual gameplay of the photography like is still pretty much the same and it's still like really good in that respect the way the game kind of works this time is that you unlock additional research levels as you go through the levels so you unlock a certain amount of points and when you unlock new research levels it gives you kind of like new versions of the levels and that's where you find some of the cooler stuff with the pokemon like that's where you find the higher level photos so it's not like the original pokemon snap where like there might be something hidden in a level like you might have to unlock 
unlock the next version of the level to find something like that. But yeah, I mean, the photography gameplay is still exactly what it was. And like the new stuff they added, like the like little glowy orbs, they're, they're kind of like the pester balls in the original game. They're very similar. Um, but like, yeah, they add some new things in there for sure. And that part's still fun. But even kind of like you said, like after a weekend or like after an afternoon, like it's, it's up to you, I guess, if you really want to keep going with mm. it. it. It's there's not a lot there. You're just going through the same levels over and over and over and over and over. All right. Uh, okay. What else have you been playing? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Evan hates Pokemon, just like how he hates Persona. Yeah, no. Pokemon sucks. No, Whoa. I mean... No, hey, it, hey, hey. no, Pokemon's fine. No, the, the game is good. It's just I felt it was very bare bones and it felt very cheap in some areas. And for a game that's from one of the biggest franchises of all time, I felt they could have gone further with it. But it basically just does mimic the original in a lot of ways. And if you like that, that's great. I mean, you get more of that. Um, but anyways, I'll move on. I've also been playing the uh, PlayStation 5 version of Judgment. Yeah. Uh, now we're talking. Can, hell yeah. You can go uh, check out on YouTube.com slash GameSpot or GameSpot.com the video I did uh, putting the two side by side. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy around the lighting changes in that game. And I think uh, I finished chapter two, so I'm like five or six hours into that game. So I think the the biggest thing I'll, the, not the biggest thing, the way, what I'll take away from it is that the cutscenes I don't think look as good as the original because the original PS4 version had a style to it. And I think that's lost in translation with the new lighting effects. But I think the gameplay looks a lot better when you're walking around Camarocho in the day. Like the colors are really vivid and they pop mm-hmm. and they look really nice. And the 60 FPS gameplay really helps too. Um, so I think it's kind of a toss up where like, I think the gameplay is very much improved, but the, the cutscenes kind of get lost in translation. Um, but it also depends. I think like the the cutscenes in the day look better than the cutscenes at night. I think some of the cutscenes at night look particularly dark. I've tried playing around with the brightness settings. I just can't find a good middle ground somewhere. Either like the brights look way too bright or the darks look way too dark. Um, but, you know, Judgment is still a fantastic game. It's not my favorite game in the Yakuza series. I think Judgment has, uh, it's a little slow at some points and the tailing missions are not mm. very fun. But yeah. um, I think the, the characters <laughs> are fantastic. Uh, I played with the English dub and I think the English dub, like all the characters are matched extremely well to the people that they chose to voice the uh, characters in English. And uh, I guess the question is like, should you get the PS5 version if you own the PS4 version? I would say no. Um, there isn't a free upgrade path and there's no reason to pay for the game again. If you're playing it like on Stadia or Series X or S, definitely. And if you own a PS5 and you're deciding which one to get, you might as well get the PS5 version because I think they're both $40 at the same price. But yeah, um, that's kind of what I have to say to it. Like there's no reason to pick it back up if you've already played Judgment. But if you've never played Judgment, this is absolutely a good opportunity to do so. And uh, I've only had the chance to play it in uh, 1080 because I don't own a 4K monitor, but I'm sure it might look even better in 4K. Is... Is Judgment the only uh, RGG game on a, on Stadia? Yeah, yes, because the rest of them are on, the rest of the Yakuza games are on PC, like Steam. Yeah, so. I was just I didn't even think about that. They have it on Stadia too, <laughs> and that that's the only that's the only Yakuza experience for the Stadia people. Yep. And well, now you can search for it too on the, the, the search. fresh <laughs> search bar. Oh my on, god! On Thanks Google for adding a search bar. You go to their homepage. How many different things are there there? It's like two things. It's a logo and a search bar. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they had like a like an exclusivity deal or something. Like you know, oh, put it on Stadia first, and then like maybe from a year from now they could put it on Steam. Yeah, probably like testing the waters. 
see yeah. if there's interest on Stadia as well. But the nice uh, thing about Judgment sure. is it, it is its own entity. You don't necessarily need to play the other Akuta games to know what's going on. So yeah. like if it's not like a bad thing if that's your like if you own Stadia and you're like oh I'm gonna try Judgment. Do I need to play Yakuza Zero Two Six? No, you don't. Um, so I think that in that sense it's fine. But like I don't know. I never really jumped on the Stadia train. Same. It's big same. <laughs> Damn, there is there is a Stadia train, believe it or not. Stadians. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's running really well, but it, it's, <laughs> it's it's there. It's, it's now existing. you can search for things though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, you you love to see more more people get the chance to play a good video game. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean uh, the other thing too is like if you've never played a Yakuza and you're interested in Judgment, you totally should jump into it. You do not need to play any of the other ones. Um, you can and you should, but if you're like, oh, I really like the detective angle and maybe you prefer like the English dub over the Japanese audio, like yeah, totally go for it. Play Judgment. Hell yeah! Judgment uh, also has the tightest pants in the series. Ooh, that's ooh, a yeah. big fact. Yes, yeah. yeah. Just gonna throw that out there for anyone who's on the fence. <laughs> yeah, Takuyuki Yagami has he has a sweet leather jacket and he's got some sick skinny jeans, acid acid wash skinny acid jeans. Acid wash jeans. And if y'all are into if y'all are into Japanese pop culture, you'll notice that he is modeled after. Uh, Takuya Kimura, who is a uh, famous uh, actor in Japan, and uh, yeah, we lo- I love myself some uh, Kimutaku. So fine, fine man. Yes, very much. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about your last game or? Uh... Oh, I, I, I didn't know if we wanted to skip it for time, um, but I'm happy to talk about it. I, it's up to you guys, I guess. Uh, yeah. Why don't we? If you got something to say about it. Sure. Uh, so the last game I've been juggling amongst all the other releases right now, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. Try saying that five times fast. Um, <laughs> the uh, This is my first experience with the Shin Megami Tensei series because uh, I've mostly just played the Persona games. Um, I was talking to Matt Espinelli about it, um, who's our features editor here at GameSpot, and he was basically telling me, like, you know, if Persona's kind of like, let's go save the world, uh smt is just very dark and just very like the world is ending and you have to deal with that um and it's very much that like the first 30 minutes of the game you're just like i'm gonna go meet up with my friends and they're like all right well the world's ending i was like um okay that's that's cool i guess (laughs) yeah um and you just by the way you're gonna be half demon yeah they're like you gotta eat this parasite and become uh, a half demon and it's like um okay that's that's cool i guess you know (laughs) uh it's it's definitely a departure from persona in that sense just the the vibe of it but i do really like it so far um it's definitely a 2003 ps2 game in its roots um but the one thing i do really want to talk about which i found really interesting is that for the hd remaster release they added a merciful difficulty to make the game a lot easier for uh, modern players. And I started the game on normal and I played it for a while. And at one point, like I died and I went really far back and I got really frustrated. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try the easier difficulty and see what it's like. And it's a huge difference. Like the game is way too easy at that point. Mm-hmm. You can basically just hit the auto button and just breeze through most of the fights. Um, I think there's just too big of a gap between merciful and normal. Like if you're playing normal, you might be in for a little bit of a challenge. But if you play on merciful, it's a little too easy. I, I, yeah. I turned it down to Merciful and I've been kind of like breezing through the game. I was like, should I turn it back up at this point? So, so this is this is an interesting thing that for me, I didn't realize until like a little while ago. But there, there are a lot of RPG fans out there who don't like doing the combat. And, I, I just, and, and it seems like such a simple thing to like know about, but I didn't realize like what extent it was to until I, I was talking to my roommate about it because i'd recently started playing jrpgs and i'm like 
yeah, I, I really like kind of working stuff in Persona. I like being smart, like, ah, they're afflicted with fire, use wind, do bonus damage. It's neat. Right, cool. right. And uh, he's like, you know, I don't want to waste my time with any of that. I just want to do the social stuff and see the story and get out. And it sounds like that mode is less of a curving the difficulty and more of a thing to appeal to the people who are just like, I just want to get my story and not worry about doing the combat, which could be a good or a bad thing. But uh, yeah, it's the way I kind of see it too, is that like, it's a long game. And if you're just mostly looking for the story, like you said, like this is a great opportunity to just like truly experience just the story. You're not like, well, do I have to commit 60, 70, 80 hours to this game? I don't know how long it is because I haven't finished it yet, but um, I know we're only talking about like an early part of the game, but yeah, it's, it's, it just, it's a little too easy, but yeah, I mean, for people that just want to experience the story, this is great. This is a great opportunity to play this game and just truly get through the story. And I know there's, I know there is multiple endings in that game. So this is also a good way too to just like, oh, I want to experience all the endings. I can go back and just kind of breeze through those ending sections again. If I don't know when you necessarily start the path towards any different ending, but I would assume it's a lot easier this way. Well, right on. All right. Well, I guess uh, time to move on to our topics for the week. All right, and we're back with topics. We do not have that much going on, um, but there is one thing that appeals to all of us here, and that is that, uh, related to what Evan was talking about earlier, Judgment, uh, there has been a tease for Judgment Day, which is not Terminator 2 related. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> unless. <laughs> unless. Uh, Ryu Gago Taku's getting... The Terminator uh, license? Getting the Terminator license. <laughs> Yes. Wow. yes terminator in kamurocho wow love to see it oh. make it like a dead souls where you just like kill a bunch of terminators oh i mean yeah, yeah oh. they've, they've, they've done shit like that before they could i, I think it would fit yeah i'm in yeah <laughs> like, turns out majima's been a terminator the whole time oh. <laughs> uh but no this is a tease for uh may 7th it's just called judgment day and uh they're they're pretty cagey on what it's about. Obviously, it's got something to do with Judgment, the video game. Because um, I think on on the actual uh, website itself, they they show like footage of um, Judgment, and you can see like a, a image of Kamarocha in the background. Um, there, we're not sure what it is yet, but a lot of people are speculating that it is a Judgment Two. Um, Mainly because uh, it's still rated pending at the bottom. Um, and if this was something like a uh, Judgment, you know, like Steam port or something, like we were saying, they would hopefully be rated. Also, it'd be kind of weird if they, like, just put out the game on other platforms and then make, like, a whole big deal out of a day thing just to announce, yeah. like, a Steam version. Like, that'd be uh, super weird. So it's probably something bigger. Say the, the other big tip-off that it probably is uh, a sequel to is they've had that contest going on every day where you retweet this tweet that they put out and it enters you in for a contest and they tweet you back saying if you want or not and each one always has like a small like six second clip in it and i don't know how many like yakuza people you guys follow on your twitter timeline but i see like eight or nine of these a day <laughs> yeah. um there are videos in those clips that don't exist from regular judgment they're yeah. completely new scenes that we've never seen before wow so take that however you want i guess interesting. Um, it's in 
it's interesting too because in those at the end of each video it gives you like like a letter and a number thing yeah and the ones that are from the, supposedly the new game are a bunch of asterisks so it's like they're definitely teasing something there it's got things removed they're, they're dangerous too too hot to handle <laughs> Judgment so, Day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I can't believe. So I figured since we're all here and and we're we're big uh, we're big Yakuza fans, we're big Judgment fans. Uh, I just wanted to talk about what we would like to see out of uh, a Judgment too. Like, what are you guys like hoping for, both like story wise, mechanically? Oh. Yeah, you got something, Ben? I want I want Yagami and Kaito to go and, and clear out ghost haunted houses together. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> I want them to bust ghosts like they bust all of the bad gangsters and people on the streets. Where is this coming from? Uh, the fact that they've got just a really good dynamic, and someone mentioned it to me at one point, and I really think that the dynamic would work really well as like a ghost busting. I mean, you're not wrong. Co- yeah, like yeah. You're right. I'm into it. Of detectives, and I want that more than most things. <laughs> Uh, I want uh, <coughs> no more tailing missions, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely that. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. This is kind of a, I guess, a soft answer, but like, I would just want more judgment. I think that the way that the story unfolded in the original and like how it was like this uh, unfolding mystery until you eventually got to this point where like everything tied back together, I thought was just like really well done for a detective mystery. And I was like, yeah, just give me another one of those. Just. Give yeah. me more Yakuza even, it was Kaito. A, yeah, it was even surprising for a Yakuza game where you you sort of expect expect that kind of shit. Mm. Uh, but like the, the 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 big reveals and like the true nature of what was happening was, I think they did a really good job of keeping it kind of keeping it still mysterious. Uh, even by the time that you see all the information, you're kind of like, oh wow, I didn't I didn't see that. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I think that definitely definitely hit 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 that kind of thing again oh yeah i totally i uh i think uh realistically i'd also kind of want to see i mean realistically of course i want the ghost stuff always but uh (laughs) realistically i think i want more uses of using evidence you find to like deduce things Mm because i i was like we're gonna get put into like court cases i'm gonna be able to like yell things phoenix right status it's gonna let me do all this cool stuff and there's like one time when you get to do like some questions in a in a courthouse and i was like that's okay i guess this is fine i don't need to do it but i want i I want that i definitely feel you on that Mm. because the most of that stuff was for bonus like experience points but it didn't have an effect on the story but i mean the way rgg's their their storytelling has never been about like branching paths um so i like I would wonder how they would incorporate consequence of like whether or not you like if you maybe if you get different scenes, um, but I imagine they they wouldn't want to or they I don't think they would do something where you get different results in the story. But maybe oh, maybe that's something that they're gonna try. I, that, that would be fucking dope. I'd imagine just do it like they do it in Danganronpa, where if you pick something, you're just like three sentences where it's like no no that can't possibly be it, and it makes you do yeah. a choice again. Yeah, like Phoenix Wright kind and of it's still a similar thing. Directs you, yeah. Or what yeah, if it's yeah. like uh, Red Dead, where it's like you could be a good detective or a bad detective, and you like on a slider. <gasps> bad, <laughs> bad detective Yagami. <laughs> yeah, you just beat up people slipping. and stuff. He'll be you know? seeing flipping. What is it? Deers in his sleep. Which one? He got the evidence, <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> my pants—they're too tight, and my my sight was too short. 
<laughs> yeah like what if you know at the beginning of the game you're like looking for evidence on like Hamra, like if he did it and then you know you talk to like that one guy he's like oh yeah the security camera deletes every 72 hours but if you're like beat him up and it's just like you just beat the shit out what of him you become bad detective. every dialogue option just has a beat him up option <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're in the middle of questioning someone and you're like i've had it with this just punch it's like you're on the verge of just breaking through with new evidence you're like actually you know what i've had enough of this i'm gonna beat your ass <laughs> yeah and then like you know maybe like uh, you know, Kaito, like at one point, will like ditch you. He's like, I don't like who you've become, and you're, like you're left on your own. <gasps> oh, oh no. and the battles are harder because you don't have your partner. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you know what I'm saying? Damn. That's that sounds like a difficult uh, development task, but you know what? Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah, fine with supposed. just another straight narrative. Of more, <laughs> more judgment. Give me more judgment. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Judgment. Combat system is dope. I really, I really like uh, how Yagami functions in combat because mm. he's so acrobatic. Uh, so doing the flying kicks and all that shit, I'm like, yeah, as well. This is, these are the vibes right here. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm like, yo, if they're gonna get they're gonna get Takuya Kimura again. Like that fool, I imagine that was kind of an expensive thing because his likeness is not cheap. I'd imagine that boy is he's like one of the most popping actors in Japan. So if they could bring him. Like, I mean, obviously they're gonna bring back Yagami. I don't know if they have like a lease on his likeness. Uh, <laughs> a lease. But, yeah, I have a lease on his likeness. There's, there's also another. There's also like there. are I mean, the Yakuza has done this before, but they use the likeness of a lot of Japanese actors. Yeah. Um, I think like uh, I forgot his name. I think it's uh, uh, the 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 your, your boy who's also a he's kind of a dirty detective, but he's for, like, super helpful. Hanamura. Um, or where is no, he? Wait, you mean in Ayabe? Ju- in Judgment. In, in Judgment. Oh, yeah. In judgment. Oh, yeah. in Judgment. Yeah. Yes. No, they had to oh, okay. replace him because he did a bad thing. No, no that was no, Hamura. That's, that's Hamura. Yeah, they had to replace Hamura. Also, Hamura, that whoever that was, or uh, Pierre Taki, he didn't really do a bad thing. He had definitely had some coke, and he's uh, like, ah, fuck, y'all got me. Hate to see it, uh, but <laughs> but yeah, Ayabe, like he's also a Japanese actor. He's in the he's in the show that I'm watching called Ouroboros, which is basically a live action version of Judgment, <laughs> really. Um, so that's that's pretty dope. It's like oh, because I watched in that show, I'm like, that is a guy from Judgment. I know him. He's playing the same type of character as well. He's like the the slightly suspect but dirty detective who has who's doing the right thing. Uh, so that that's that's my guy. Um, wasn't the reason there wasn't karaoke in Judgment was because like paying for like that that actor who did uh, Yagami to like sing would have just been like way too expensive, so they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's like a legit performer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so probably no karaoke because that's I what mean, I was gonna say is like bring karaoke uh, back. Yeah, maybe the Kuroda is maybe. a real performer. Have you not listened to his actual band? But he is grandfathered in because he is the face. He is the voice of the franchise. <laughs> yes, you're right. But also, I don't want to downplay that that man. Uh, yes, makes shit happen. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I agree with all you guys. I think the the big thing I would like to see outside of like yeah, like more, uh, you know, like courtroom stuff, more like decision making and the investigation stuff uh, would be. Um, I mean, I would hope that they would expand outside of uh, Kamurocho. Like, you know, Judgment took place entirely in there, and I think it worked very well for that that story, but um, I would love to see them branch out. I mean, this might be out of RGG's wheelhouse because they do kind of stick to sort of like kind of like urban metropolitan areas, but if you want to do like a, hey, we're going to head to like a small countryside town with like a murder mystery happening, oh. you know, maybe like an Inaba, <laughs> Inaba. or Just, like yeah. some, some Higurashi kind of shit going on. Like, you know. They have RGG make Deadly Premonition. 
<laughs> yeah, you put that one in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's also just like the one in, uh, Judgment at the beginning when he rips off his, his homeless person outfit and just his beard and everything is, is gone. It's, it's, and yeah. he's, he's got he's his, got his sweet leather jacket yeah, and his skinny jeans. Like, wow, he's, this fool is wearing layers. It's that's weird. what I was thinking of. Cause that's when I asked, like, did Kaito not take his shirt off? It was that scene when Yagami pulls off his homeless person outfit. Yeah. Cause I knew they did that in the game. I knew he did that arm motion. I just didn't remember when. Yeah, gotta use that animation for uh gotta juice that animation for all you can. That's yeah. true. <laughs> RGG way. No, nothing wasted. Uh all right. We're gonna move on to some listener questions. Okay, so if you want to give a uh send us a listener question, you can hit us up at afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com or you can join our lovely Discord. We have a channel there where we uh, people can submit questions. If you want to join our Discord, you can always hit me or uh, Lucy James up on Twitter. I'm at John Luke Psyche, and Lucy's at Lucy James Games. All of our questions today come from our lovely Discord. Uh, I'm going to start with the first one. We're going to try and hit a couple that we weren't able to hit last week, uh, as well as some new ones. This is from uh, Trilands who says, do you have a controversial controversial remake uh, slash next-gen version of a game that is your way to play the game instead of the original, i.e. Metal Gear Solid 3 came out on PS2, but you could play it on 3DS? I have opinions about both of those games in particular. Okay, I, I want to hear that. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 on the 3DS is, even though it lets you crouch walk for like the first time ever in the entire series... Well, I think it like borrows from like four, right? It's like it, it, did, it looks it like it, yeah. Four, or it did it around the I same think it time. came out after four. I think it came out after but, four. Uh, either way, it's great. You can crouch walk in Metal Gear Solid Three, but that game is inferior to every other version of Metal Gear Solid Three because it is a three D game where the main character is stereo blind, and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I say it. I say it all, all the time in the office. It's my go to joke for it, and I have to say it on the podcast because it's just the thing that I do. And I'm sorry, but you can't do that shit. God damn. This motherfucker's got opinions. Anyway, I hope the, the delivery worked for that. But yeah, no, it sounds good. It did. Yes. That. Yes. Excellent. Uh I'm I'm actually kind of struggling to think of uh like a I, controversial version of a of a game I play. I don't know if this is controversial, but the first thing that came to my head was Ape Escape on the Loose, which is the PSP version of the original Ape Escape. Um, I've never played the original Ape Escape, but I was also talking to Matt Espinelli about this, and he was talking about how like the voice acting is a lot better in the original than the PSP game, and I was just like, well, I just know the PSP voice is better. Um, so I don't know if that's considered controversial, but that's one where it's just like, I like the PSP version a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe for Twin Snakes, anybody? No, Twin I never Snakes? played it. No, no I've never heard it, of no. Metal Gear Solid. Y'all don't, y'all don't fuck with Twin Snakes. No. Yeah, play the PS One version. We, I love that we actually managed to play through that whole thing in the office. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. That was a very good time. But yeah, Twin Snakes that is was, a weird one. That was a weird one. It's worth, yeah. it's worth experiencing, but I don't know if it's better. <laughs> the real messed up thing is I've, I realized during that playthrough that. My memory of lines that I quote is from that version of the game and not the original because I've played it so much. Oh, no. So I'm, I'm over here quoting the one that I like less. Damn. Uh, maybe uh, 
uh, this this is a tricky one, but I feel like we talked about this many times before. But Persona Three Portable um, might be the uh, I don't know if I I recommend. God damn it, Persona Three Portable only if like only to play the the fem- female main character uh, because she's she's the best Persona protagonist. Um, but you lose obviously we've talked about how you lose the sort of the presence because you can't you don't walk around in the, the cities and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you kind of lose that, and that's one of the best aspects is kind of living in that world, and you just kind of move a cursor across a map instead, which doesn't hit the same. But God damn it, if the female main character ain't the best uh, in the series and the music co- that comes along with it, I would, I'm would i so close to recommending Persona 3 Portable over any other version of Persona 3, but... I don't know, man. That's a good. That's a good answer because I I feel the exact same way. And like I'm all yeah. I I never know what to say whenever I, someone's like which version, and I'm like <laughs> ah duh, well. It's like uh, do you have ten? You have you have you have do you have a minute? Like can we sit down and talk, <laughs> about, talk this? about this? Bring it back. We need that that FES remake with the with the lady protagonist in it, and then just yep. ship that, and then we'll make never that have to, like never have to worry again. Make that like yeah. strikers. So when you're going through. Uh, <laughs> What's oh, I forgot the name of Tartarus. Tartarus. When you're going through Tartarus, it's just Strikers gameplay because uh, I started Fest and like man, Tartarus is not fun. Yeah, Tartarus ain't <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hope you stick with it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I ended up putting it down because right. of Pokemon Snap and Judgment and SMT3. But uh, yeah, it's like I like the the story so far, but it was just like the gameplay loop. I was like, nah, this is uh, mm. not, I'm not into this. Yeah, you should play it on easy. It's 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 almost kind of like the the SMT3 thing that you were talking about that. Normal is sometimes like it, it, you can you can beat it on normal. I, I play it on normal is fine, but there are some like really you might run into some roadblocks and some cheap uh, gameplay elements, and I think that bumming it bumming it down the easy makes it a little too easy. But at the same time, I think Persona is such a Persona Three is such a good story experience that I think that's the better way to go. Well, I also just hate that you can't control your party. Yeah, Persona just, Three. Like, yeah, they, they do their own thing. It's just like, well, of course I'm gonna put it on easy because if I put it on normal and they screw me over, I have no choice. Yeah, God, yeah. Persona Three is uh, it's it's got it's got a lot of really cheap stuff in it. Thinking back on it, yeah. which I still love it the most. It's still my favorite one that I've played. I yeah. S- also, yeah, yeah. From a gameplay perspective, the, yeah, you can control your whole party in Persona Three Portable. Oh yeah, there you go. How about that? That's true. What yeah. would that be I mean, like? What would it what be a like? Concept. A, what would it be like if Mitsuru didn't cast and flip Mary Karen all the time? Mary Karen. <laughs> Imagine. Ah, uh, damn. All right, uh, Michael, would you like to read the next one? Uh, <laughs> god damn, this fucking question. Ken Levine said in a <laughs> Ken Levine said in a club clubhouse room. Already great. First off, first off, that is that is, those are some wild words to start something off with. Uh, Larry Fox thirty two, you are wildin', but you know what? I'll read the rest of this question. Ken Levine said in a clubhouse room. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. Uh, that video game writers are graded on a curve. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Okay, uh, would you agree? Also, even with uh, game celebrated stories like Last of Us, are they actually good or just good for video games? <laughs> I think you just need to look at Persona and Yakuza, and you can already see that games uh, can tell incredible stories. I don't know yep. about any of this clubhouse nonsense, but uh, I'll tell you right out, flippid. Last of Us Part Two wasn't even the best revenge story game that came out that year, and people slept on the real, the real winner. Which was uh, Shark Game, Shark Game, Man Eater. Oh, Man Eater, dude! Oh man, Man Eater has a better revenge story than The Last of Us Part Two. I will, people I, need to accept it. 
Dude, I will tell you, the ending of Maneater left me shook. Yeah. It's 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 Damn. one of the smartest, really? most well-written games I've played in so long. With so much to wow. say. And it actually has a great revenge story that works out better than The Last of Us Part 2. Play Maneater. That, that game gets into some, like, wild, like, uh, like snarky, but just, like, on point, like, messaging about, like... Social commentary. Social commentary about like, like, capitalism yo, and the destruction of the environment. These people profited off of shark fins. Go eat them off of the golf course. <laughs> Literally eat the rich. Do it. <laughs> Damn. You know, it's, I guess, kind of a side tangent, but I went to, like, a preview event for Maneater, like, right before the world closed down, and it was, like, I was I didn't really get into it because it was just, like, the, the pressure of, like, being there and a bunch of stuff going on, but, like, I posted a gameplay clip of that. I think it did, like, a million views, and then, like, hearing you guys now that it's out say all these really nice things, I was like, maybe I misjudged it. Maybe, maybe I should give I it mean, another shot. You gotta look at it at face value. It's not difficult to kind of dismiss the game where you play as a shark that gets electrical fins. You don't expect... You don't <laughs> expect to have smart things come from that, but you should. It's, it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's a good time. Damn, that's that's a good show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would say I I think I sort of just like naturally like think this is a weird argument to have because to me it's like it's not that they're graded on a curve. It's that like I think just video game stories are naturally have to function and like be formatted differently. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like is sort of the thing they have to exist in their own medium and like maybe where it's easier to draw that comparison is like when when a a game is more like trying to aspire to be like a different medium in terms of its story without like properly taking advantage of like the medium of video games because it's like you couldn't tell the story of persona 5 in in like a in any other way, I think they try. Oh, no. tell it, you can't even tell it in an anime. No, yeah. anime just doesn't. Yeah, shit, um, anime. anime just doesn't hit. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, that's... I'm, maybe I wouldn't go that far, but like this, like the act of living in that world is a part of its story. Yeah. Like you, what the actions that you are doing with your controller and the way in which you interact with that world is storytelling. And that, like, like you said, it's it's not better or worse. It's different. So Persona Five is a great example, but even more so, there are games like Bring It Back to to Near. You literally can't yeah. do near in any other genre. Like, yeah, that, oh, yeah. that ending in Automata. I can't speak for the stuff in Replicate because I haven't gotten there, obviously. But that that ending is not possible in a book. It's not possible in a film. It's not mm. possible in in a spoken traveling bard tale. You have to like <laughs> actually play mm. that and experience it and do it, and it can only be done that way. Yeah, and that, that's why I say that that your actions, your your own physical investment in it is a part of that storytelling mm. because like it's asking it's asking you something that you built, something that you 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 own, it's asking you to do something very drastic with it. And then once you do, then you get the then you get that narrative payoff. Then you kind of realize what the game is trying to tell you, what what it's trying to say. So I think that and I mean, there are cases in which games try to be like movies, uh, and I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not necessarily like things that hit for me, and I think those things can be very well done. 
uh, and we've seen that many times. Uh, but for me, it's like it's like the games that hit different, like like the Personas, like the Nears, uh, like the Final Fantasy XIVs, because like Final Fantasy XIV, the reason why you get invested in that world, like yeah, it's a grand tale of like saving the world, but your personal investment in that and the like, just the the way you interact and move with that world and the the, the memories that you have of living in that world is is like that's how you get invested in its big moments those big moments matter because you live in that world so it's just i i have i have no context for what ken levine said in a fucking clubhouse room um so i i actually like i can't really say anything about that but um yeah this this the the answer to this question goes well beyond whether it's stories game stories are good or just good for games they're different and they are very powerful in their own right when they're done uh like correctly or when they're when they're done well so it's uh it's also like because we were just talking about this with like judgment and like you know with rgg games like would they do a branching narrative because they don't typically do stuff like that i think those games like are on a very set cinematic narrative all the cutscenes are framed extremely well sure um and that's a game that's like it, it very much is a movie in a lot of ways, but it still does it extremely well. I wouldn't, you know, like that's, I think judgment is one of the better detective stories I've seen. So in that sense, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, well, like we give judgment a pass cause it's a video game. Like, no, I think that game is incredible in its own right. And that game is a very set linear path that you go down to beat the story. Yeah. yeah. And like, so yeah, you mentioned like Yakuza being, Yakuza is very much movie like, um, but for me, it, it it like Yakuza is so unique because the the things that you do in that game also are attached to the 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 wide emotional spectrum that it hits. Like it's goofy as hell and it's very serious. So like when you're beating up bad dudes in a really silly manner in the very serious moments, it's like it's just it just makes sense because it's a video game and that's that's the the tone, the attitude, the the ethos of Yakuza. And also, I, I think maybe this just extends to Japanese media for me, but Jap- I've noticed that like I gravitate towards Japanese media because they're very good about like stripping down kind of the um, they often strip down what you what we would think as subtext and just make that shit very apparent. So then you can like move beyond just like, oh, figuring out like what what characters really mean or what the story really means. Like we're going to tell you straight up exactly what the character is feeling, what the story is. But in a way, that's like a deconstruction of trying to be uh i don't know trying to be cryptic with your storytelling and then you really get to the core themes of what that piece of media is trying to say yeah it, it like with 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 yakuza it's like i just i don't think it would it would be it would be good like obviously like i would enjoy it but like it wouldn't hit if you were to just like take all the cutscenes and put them together and it's like ah it's yakuza yeah, no. the movie See, I've, because i've watched the yakuza because... film <laughs> it's actually pretty good but oh, yeah. uh yeah no i, I get what you, what but, you mean though but because for me what makes yakuza work is like it is the ways it takes advantage of of being a video game mm-hmm. like the like a huge part of those games is like the environment is like the setting of kamarocho as like a character and mm-hmm. you get that by spending time in there by walking around in there and like it uses you know the act of like exploring that space as a video game to endear you to that world and that setting and, and kind of makes you feel the same way Kiryu does about it, where you're like, ah, like, you know, I, I can't stay away from this place. And you kind of get used to the the town and all the, the different people. And then stuff like side stuff, like you couldn't do like a Yakuza movie or even a TV show where it's like, hey, in this episode, uh, you know, Kiryu's going to go like to the arcade. 
go to the arcade and do that. Or he's going to go for eight hours. Yeah. Uh, Majima's gonna go do a whole cabaret club thing for like five Yo, episodes. The cabaret club arc in the Yakuza anime, though. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it would uh, it would totally be all over the place. But I think like because it's a video game and you have that like established language of like this is side content and it can be weird and it can be different. Like v- video games have that established language that makes that work and and players kind of understand that and and so you're able to play with that and like be more weird and experimental in a way that you really couldn't if you're in a movie it would just be like tonally a mess and all over the place so like it's even though it is being very cinematic and and movie like in a lot of its presentation with its cutscenes, i think it still uniquely takes advantage of the medium of video games to to do interesting things with like its tone and its and its narrative yeah. Also, Ken Levine, you're responsible for Bioshock Infinite, so uh, f- fuck out of here. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on. Uh, Evan, would you like to read the next one? Uh, sure. I don't know how to say this person's name, but I'll read the rest of it. Um, uh, so I recently ended up using the Body Recovery Squad services in Valheim, and it was one of the best, most organized responses I have ever received when it comes to customer service. I suppose the question is, have you ever had your appreciation of a piece of media increase after interacting with the fan base as opposed to the opposite, aside from the GameSpot After Dark fans? And that was from <laughs> Ian Chilada. I think, yeah, Ian That's Chilada. a fantastic name. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Ian, I'm, for the question. I'm, I'm hunky now. Say, uh, Michael, I, I feel like we might have a similar answer to this. I don't know if you want to say it like on the count of three or something. All right. One, two, three. Ziv. Final Fantasy yeah. 14. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, dog. You go first if you want to. I'll, yeah. uh, sure. Like uh, Final Fantasy 14, I think that is for an MMO, it's intimidating. I, I've talked about this many times is that. You know, MMOs are intimidating. There's a lot of there's a lot to handle, and there's a lot of pressure, especially in a multiplayer setting. That if you go into a dungeon or if you go into a boss fight, that you need to know what to do. Otherwise, you're gonna get flamed by the people that you're playing with. Final Fantasy XIV community is, at least in our experience, like I'm not gonna say 100 percent across the board because if you if you if y'all ever use Party Finder in the high level content, it's just a little different over there. But like to get through the main content, like to get to the core stuff of what Final Fantasy XIV is. I've almost had like a hundred percent success rate in terms of having matching with people who are supportive or at least like if you fuck up, they're like, eh, don't trip. It's all good. Um, 14 has uh, like it, it's low stakes enough, but, um, but like the community is like, Oh, you're, you're, you're playing this game for the first time. Yo, welcome to like one of the best games ever. And that, that like, People are react very positively to having new players rather than like, oh, you're a noob or whatever. Like when I jumped back into WoW recently, um, I was griefed a lot, and I think that because I wasn't, I was just trying to figure things out again. But it just it felt it felt a little hostile from what I was used to. Uh, jumping to 14, like everyone's like, oh, you're playing 14, yo. Let me let me gift you something. Let me emote to you. Let me uh, like wave my my air traffic my, uh, control wings. Yeah, my glowing wands with you and uh, and cheer and celebrate that. Oh, a new player is here. This is cool. Uh, it's, it's yeah, the, it, the community has been very supportive. And I think that that's helped me appreciate its world a lot. And I think that, that I think it comes down to two things is that the Naoki Yoshida and the, their community managers and the way they communicate with the fans is b- very sincere and very open. Uh, also very receptive uh, to the fans. And I think that 
he has such a such a such a strong demeanor and setting the tone for what Final Fantasy fourteen is and what that community should be. So shouts out to them. And also, I think that Final Fantasy XIV's story is so strong and such a central point of the game that it's the that story is centered around a very like being very empathetic, and uh, like yeah, you save the world, but the way in which you save the world is a very it's a very intimate thing. It's a very personal thing, and it's and like it's storytelling. So I think that the people who connect with the game who want to be there are invested in that that story. So they kind of carry that same ethos into the way they carry themselves into the community um so yeah final fantasy 14 yeah uh i, I guess just to, to add on to it uh it's because as soon as i i heard or i heard you read the the part about the body recovery squad for valheim because it's that's an entirely like player run thing like that's yeah that's that's players going out of their way to go into a server and and help you get your stuff back uh and Everything that, that Michael said is 110% true. The community makes the experience of playing Ziv, even for people who may have difficult times getting in there to, to play it, feel more comfortable and acclimate and eventually be like, I feel good about playing a game with people I don't know, which is wild all unto itself. And it's a thing you don't ever see because people who play games are bad most of the time. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but the the first thing that popped into my head when, when you read that was all of the player-organized stuff that goes down in Ziv that people might not know about. Like, the there's a, a roving troop of, like, actual, like, tw- it's, it's like 15 or 20 characters multi-boxed uh, called the songbirds that will jump from server to server and will play full concerts in main cities on on bards mm-hmm. and they'll play like anime music they'll play game music they'll play anything you can think of and it's it's great because all of a sudden like you'll be hanging out doing your thing on the market board you'll hear like is that the beginning to like the theme song from your name oh shoot what's going on and before you know it there's just a giant group of people around these people playing music and it's neat and you don't see that in in like any other game there are people who in the housing district will build out entire like buildings to do like uh, a cabaret if they want they're inspired by yakuza and they want to run a cabaret uh they'll build out entire aquariums with like fish that you pay money to come in and see and you get taken on by a tour guide and just it's wild there I, th- yeah. I haven't done it yet, but I, I've, I really want to. There's almost every other weekend on every data center, there's like art parties where people who do really good drawing will post up in someone's house or something. And everyone on the data center is invited to come in and hang out and talk with other artists and just draw characters that come in. And it's just, it's a group of people just being like, Hey, yo, I really like how you, you dressed up your character. That's neat. I'm going to draw it. Cool. How can I send it to you? Look at look at this cool thing that I did. How do you do that? And it's just, it's people, it's people coming together and being really cool. And I like that. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel yeah. good every time I log into Ziv knowing that that's always going on. <laughs> you come through Limsa Lominsa, Lower Decks, and you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, I think the, the ways in which the game lets players be expressive and kind of do user-generated uh, stuff is like it, it lets people be creative and I think it's it's a it's an in, very inviting because people feel comfortable doing those sorts of things in the world of Final Fantasy 14 
So that's another thing too. Yeah. Well, dang. Please, Ziv. Please. <laughs> You're. I guess. Uh, I I know we've talked about Yakuza a bunch, but I guess I'll kind of use that one for me uh, as like that community of people who play Yakuza are very, very, very invested in that series. Mm-hmm. And uh, people. I mean, for me, like with Persona, I only played Persona Five because Joker was added to Smash Bros, and I was curious about that. Um, but with Yakuza, it was just like, uh, so many people, it's, I mean, it's true that like people who play that typically don't tend to shut up about it for a good reason. I mean, it's really good. Um, no lies detected. so for me, it was like, I just saw this bombardment of people who were like gushing over this game. And then like, I started playing it and then like, I told you guys about it and it's like, that's great. And it was a fun, it was a fun time. And, uh, especially like with like a dragon and like how goofy and fun Ichiban is like, there was a lot of wholesomeness around that. So yeah, I guess for me, like. I, I took that leap with Yakuza because I've heard nothing but good things about it from that fan base, that community. There's no, I mean, I don't know about it, like a toxic side of the Yakuza community. Uh, as I said, big, big shout out to, uh, to Yakuza fans. One of the best uh, groups of fans, I think, out there. Yeah, there's a lot of love to give, I think. I think that's that's like the, the thing about Yakuza is that people like genuinely have love for what that game represents and what who the characters are. So I think that kind of leads the way for like people um it, it's funny it's it's a fucking action brawler game where you beat the shit out of dudes all the time and for the like the, the main the loudest part of the fan base are the ones who uh who love the wholesome stuff and like do fan art and say really nice things about or just like uh kind of talk about its characters in very endearing ways and connect with the endearing side of things um yeah totally my favorite Absolutely. my favorite moment in any yakuza game is the beginning of three when you're like running that orphanage yeah, like there's no yeah. action combat to it i'm like i love this very very much i See want more of this i was just a stressed oh. old man trying to cut up an onion for curry and he can't he can't do it right <laughs> the kids are running around and then like there's that girl like on the beach and she's like you know kids like made fun of her at school because like you don't have real parents and like here he's like no like we're a real family and i was like oh this is so yeah. wonderful. Aww. Yeah, it's like those, those games, what those games have to say, set the tone for everything else. It's true. Uh, yeah. Be spicy, lend a hand. Play Yakuza, please. Just gonna <laughs> ask everyone to play a whole bunch of games on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna end it off with uh, one last question. Ben, do you want to read the question I have highlighted a little bit down? Uh, I don't know if you can see that. A little bit down. Oh yeah, uh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see one. it. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Having heard people describe food as having good mouthfeel lately, I started thinking about what makes good button feel on a controller or related contraption. Which button, in your opinion, is the best and or most satisfying in gaming? Also, what is the worst mm. and why is the answer to the L3 stick button monstrosity uh, from NEC? That is the worst. I hate the L3 click button thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big, big up on that. Uh, trying to think of other bad buttons least favorite buttons or good buttons oh, bad, bad buttons my favorite reggaeton <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> artist uh i don't I, I think about a lot of good buttons um uh you know what about the dual sense the dual sense the face buttons are very sinky is what i'll say yeah they are they feel good to press they don't feel good to mash I play a lot of motherfucking Hatsune Miku Project Diva Future Tone, and the DualSense is not great for that. It's I don't think the DualSense is great for fighting games, and I don't think it's good for rhythm games. It is great for everything else, though. 
Um, that's going... a, an interesting point. I played all I played Persona Four and Five Dancing on my PS Five. Maybe I should have tried it on the PS Four. You should play it on yeah, Vita. Well, because that's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh, real, real nice and clicky. Oh, this, this will got a dual shock this, three. This I found my worst button. It's not a button. It's the gosh dang D pad from the Dual Shock three. The worst thing <laughs> I've ever had to use in my life. You can't play fighting games on that. If you do, I don't understand. Over the over the three sixty D pad. I will li- really? I will take the three sixty D pad wow, over. It, it's wow. mushy and it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything. There's weird spacing on the D pad too. It's like oddly spaced. I, Nintendo ruined uh, the industry when they they copyrighted or trademarked or whatever the and the SNES D-pad because like that thing was so perfect and like no one else like everyone has to make like their own like weird version and I'm like man if only like we could all just straight up copy that D-pad if only every controller could be a GameCube controller I was it was gonna say speaking of best most satisfying buttons controllers I was gonna say GameCube like that big green A button and like the Y and X buttons kind of being raised. You know what I don't you know what I don't like on the GameCube though I don't (laughs) like the trigger. It's got this weird hollow like springy sound when you click it. Like GameCube controller. Yeah, I think I like it in games like Mario Sunshine. Um, it, it, the, the games built around the GameCube, like GameCube controller, flawless for all the games built for it. But like, something about the feel of that trigger. like if you play multi-platform games, like uh, I played a lot of like the the gold, oh, not the golden, the 007, oh, like Nightfire, Nightfire so and play on GameCube. Yeah, I fucking love Nightfire, <laughs> but like the the triggers are a little weird for those sorts of things. Yeah, I don't know. I could see it. I think uh, yeah, for games that took advantage of like the uh, what's it called, the adaptive trigger, where it's like mm. you can push it in a little bit right, or right. not a lot. Like in that sense, I thought it worked extremely well. But yeah, I guess um, for a game that was also on like PS2 and Xbox, it might be a little uh, overkill. I think the most satisfying button feel has got to be uh, like a good um, Cherry MX Red switch on a keyboard. Ooh, um, yeah. Nothing more satisfying than a smooth, linear, mechanical switch. Um, oh, that shit's nothing great, Nothing beats the feeling of pushing uh, down on a, a real good switch. I was trying yes, to do a Metal Gear quote uh, and I couldn't and do it. My mind is too frazzled still. That's all right. In terms of the worst, uh, worst button, um, what was I gonna say? Fuck, uh, shit, ah, I forgot. Damn it. I would say yeah. for me, like, a, oh, oh, no, you, no, you finish. You got it. The 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 Joy-Con uh, analog sticks. Yeah, are the worst. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on the Joy Cons. Terrible. The Joy-Con analog sticks are the motherfucking uh, worst. Never will I ever play a shooter using the joy cons it's so hell no it's interesting because the pro controller is one of my favorite controllers i've made like pro controllers while we're at it yeah i don't i don't like whatever you want to call the thing on the 3ds the the analog on it oh yeah i I didn't want to say nipple right away (laughs) but i'm glad that you went for it for me but like this thing yeah, yeah. Oh, the worst thing about it is um if you like keep it i'm not sure exactly if it's like you keep it in like a like a moist environment too oh. much it, it the, like the rubber gets all like sticky mm. um ps3 controllers oh, do what? this as well because he like it like absorbs the sweat in your fingers and it like comes back out and it gets all like sticky and gross i have like a, a 3ds that has like the the rubber on that thing is like worn off and it's all it, it feels disgusting that's some bad button to feel. just touch it it's like Bleh. That is bad button feel. Some bad button feel. Uh, I love me a good 
Sanwa fight stick ooh. button. Like, ooh, the clicky oh. clack of a good a good fight stick. Ooh. I love yeah, that's, that feel. That's right up there it's with a good, the, it's a good the feel. Keyboard stuff, yeah. um, and then mm-hmm. bad feel is, this is like, not like how it's supposed to be, but when a um, when it when a button when when the rubber on like a button kind of gets all worn down, and then you try and click in, and it doesn't click, it just like slowly sinks. Oh, like uh, it, it's just it, it's yeah. the most it's it feel it like it, te- it technically still works, but you're like oh this feels awful. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. There are a lot is of that buttons it? out there. Is that all our, our, do we get all our good bad button feels out? Yeah, I I haven't like, my well, the things that come to mind for me are like the 3DO controller and the Intellivision controller. I've never, <laughs> I t- love I've the never touched them personally. I so much. It's just like a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I've never touched them, but I would imagine that those are not fun uh, to play with. Actually, yeah, pushing the buttons on the Intellivision controller don't work very well. Because they're like, I, I don't know, I, I don't like break it open or anything, but it's got like, because you put the overlay in it for whatever game you're playing, and then like, it's it's like popped up, like thin metal that you're pushing down. It's, it doesn't feel tactile. It feels mushy and gross. Yeah. Well, there you go. Didn't even need to, got it, got it right. <laughs> I'll say uh, underrated controller, the Sega Saturn. Uh, controller very good especially for fighting games you want good d-pad mm. like good fighting game d-pad out of the mm. box sega saturn that was like designed uh, for fighting games thinking about it it was it yeah it really was yeah no one bought the thing but damn sega saturn you want to play some good fighting games that's the that's one <laughs> get yourself a sega saturn I'll catch you play darks dark melty blood behind the taco bell on yeah my, yeah play some dark Stalkers. Ooh man i love dark Stalkers. We're never gonna get another one of those, are we? Never, never get a Dark Stalkers. Nope. Never get a Power Stone. Never get. We a, are getting new Melty Blood. Another... We are getting Melty Blood. <laughs> we are getting a new Melty Blood. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but we're never gonna get another Rival School. Oh, no. Damn. You hate to see it. Damn. I hate to see it. All right, everybody. Well, I think that's gonna call it an episode. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. This has been uh, a heck of a lot of fun. This is a good crew. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you. Hell yeah. You're the. You're a good crew. Yeah, oh, you're a good host, you. John Luke. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank, thank you for letting us do our bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, man, the adults are away, and you know, the kids will play. Kids will play. Uh, crime boys will will play. Oh, yes. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, as I mentioned before, if you want to hit us up for questions, you can always do it at uh, After Dark Podcast at redventures.com or you can join our lovely discord we have a lot of great people on there hanging out uh it's just it's just a wonderful community of uh of people and uh, i just want to say to all of you in the discord i appreciate you i appreciate you guys just being in there uh bringing good vibes just talking about about video games and you know whatever else comes to your minds you guys are you guys are the real ones and you guys uh you guys make this job uh worth doing a lot of fun it's true uh but much that's so. facts. Yeah. Uh, uh, otherwise, I think that's going to be about it. We'll catch you all next time. Peace. Adios. Bye. Oh, wait. Whoa, what? Hold on. Huh? No. Cancel. What? Stop Breaking the music. news. I need it. A- oh, God. That's John Luke's music. I forgot to have you guys all do your shit. I didn't do this last time either. I'm. See, I'm a bad host. Yeah, you fucking cut us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys say I'm a good host. I'm a bad host. Michael, where can people find you? 
People can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Heim on Twitter. Uh, and you can find myself on GameSpot.com, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, by the time this goes up, I'll have a feature on Neo, The World Ends With You, the uh, sequel to The World Ends With You. Um, and I will also, probably after, probably on Saturday over this weekend, I'll have my interview with Yoko Taro up as well. So some interesting things happening there as well. Excellent. Evan. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at EvanLanger98, because I was born in 1998. Uh, you can check out the new Pokemon Snap videos that should be up on the channel now by the time this podcast goes up. One's on the uh, six biggest changes between the original and new Pokemon Snap, and the other is uh, things to kind of look out for if you find yourself stuck, because uh, there are certain patterns and things you could do the game doesn't tell you about. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me, John Luke. Of course. Happy to have you on. And we'll definitely get you on uh, for future episodes as well. Hell yeah. Anything Persona, Yakuza, <laughs> Nintendo, Zelda. Uh... Zelda, yeah, all the way. Skyward Sword <laughs> HD, let's go. I can yeah. talk about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben, what about you? Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter.com uh, at Ben Jenka if you'd like to. That's fine. Uh, just publishing videos and playing games uh i don't have much going on if i'm being honest i'm just happy to be here and talk about the things that i care about with the people i care about oh we're happy to have you all right and you can find me at john luke Seipke. um you should go check out the returnal review that i mentioned earlier by mike epstein um go to youtube.com slash gamespot or uh gamespot.com uh and check those out because it is quite excellent and i had a really good time uh doing the video review for that uh otherwise uh you can just stay tuned because we're just i'm i'm working on stuff for for future games uh that are coming out um oh yeah that's all i can say but you know look look forward please be excited there you go uh (laughs) and with that uh now this is really the end of the episode we could bring the music back get it going spin that back up and uh we'll see you all next time Peace. Bye. Bye, for real. Bye.